Sirens Chapter 19 There's no way I can go climbing. It was the first thing that popped into Marianne's head when her eyes opened. The understanding was crystal clear. Apparently, the debate had happened while she slept. She looked at Ash, assuming Nicky hadn't lied, assuming she was Ash's person, leaving aside that Ash hadn't told her, and it was the kind of thing she would keep to herself. Then doing something that put herself into danger for no particular reason was playing with two lives, not one. Of course it was possible Nicky was playing games, but it really did seem... Right. It bothered her that Ash not only hadn't said anything, but always encouraged her to go try pretty much anything. Like, okay, so she maybe didn't want to limit Marianne by making her too cautious, but didn't she deserve to know? Of course she'd be more cautious, but that was what you were supposed to do. Maybe that's what she was supposed to be doing anyway. The thought drifted, unattached but true, across her mind. Even if her life didn't depend on it, if she assumed Ash did care about her, which she'd repeatedly said, then it stood to reason that Marianne nosediving off a cliff in Squamish for shits and giggles would hurt her, and she shouldn't want to hurt Ash. Except for hunting. That was necessary. She rubbed her eyes. Not enough sleep. Even so, when she thought of the words on the yellow paper, carefully written out in phonetics, they instantly appeared in her mind. Those were necessary risks. Besides, in those cases, they were there for each other. Or they would be from now on, if Marianne had anything to say about it. The pleasant, high-rise silence of the apartment was pierced by the shrill sound of her phone. Marianne got up and shambled across the bedroom, tripping on the way to her bag, swearing at the sting in her foot, and took a precious second to look enviously at Ash, who slumbered on in her daytime rest. Hello? She padded to the living room. It wasn't like Ash would wake up, but it seemed rude to have a conversation right over her head as though she were a pillow. Yes, this is the Rosewood Hotel, Georgia. Is this Miss Forster? Oh, yes. Is there a problem? She yawned and scratched her stomach. With the billing? We were wondering if we'd made a mistake in the checkout date. What? Sorry, what? She looked at the clock. After twelve already. John should have been halfway home by now. Mr. Campbell hasn't checked out. When the cleaning staff entered, they found his bags. Fear silvered down her spine. She stared into the dim corner of the apartment. Miss? There will be a normal reason. God, I must have got the wrong date. Do you need the room? I'm very sorry, but I'm afraid we have it booked. Ah, God, I'm sorry. Uh, he's at work. Can I pack up his stuff and leave it with you guys till he's done? When the hotel hung up, the silence rang. I have to do something. She looked at the phone. Mom. She should call her mom. She should... The memory of photographs rose in her mind. Charlene, trapped in her childish memory of her friend's death. She shook her head and dialed her mom's number, letting it ring far too long. She's probably at work. She got dressed and made sure her bag had the essentials. Ash wouldn't be up for ages, and the hotel needed the room. 
It was a small thing to go pack up John's bags. Maybe his job extended. Maybe he needed a doctor. Or got distracted at a hat shop. Lots of reasons. The hotel staff let her into the room. It was really nice. John's worn bags looked even more modest by comparison. His bag was unzipped. She glanced over her shoulder at the waiting staff guy and poked quickly through the clothes. How can people wear the same fucking shirt every day? The borrowed camera was there. She went to grab his bathroom stuff. The toothbrush was out. She touched the bristles gingerly and found them bone dry. How fast would it dry? Miss, do you need help? No, I I got it. She packed up his toiletries and checked for any last possessions. Near the bed, she found the charger cable, but no phone. No wallet, either. So he left with his stuff, but no key. Probably last night. She called her mom again when she got home. When the fine edge of alarm touched her mom's voice, she danced carefully around the issue, saying she wasn't sure when the job would be done. John hadn't called her since yesterday, probably before dinner. If it was trouble, if it was the siren... Astrid, whatever it was now, John wasn't the type to run off and do stupid things. Ash said she should trust her instincts, and everything was telling her it was wrong. What other wrong could it be? And that meant that Matt really was in trouble, too. Matt knew about John, but nothing more. Unless... he disappeared so fast when she was following him, and she'd been hobbling around like an old woman... How hard would it be for him to turn the tables? If he, it, thought she was on to the problem, maybe they'd followed her. She should go and investigate. He'd likely be at work. She could poke around his house. There might not be any time to pretend to go hiking. She got as far as the little chair by the door, only meant to sit for a minute to put on your shoes. She got there and stopped, seized up like an engine. I don't want to go alone. She looked at the tile floor in front of her shoes that delineated the entryway without interrupting the space. A subtle touch, meant to keep the apartment looking spacious. She remembered the housing agent explaining it all because she'd been trying to decide if the tile area was as big or bigger than the floor of the old trailer's kitchen. Such an easy thought. So simple and big all at once. She could go alone and do her thing. She just didn't want to. It wasn't as good going alone. That's where Ash found her, when the sun went down, sitting in the little chair, staring at tiles. Marianne? I think John's in trouble. She reached, tentatively, then pressed her face against Ash's stomach in a shuddering hug. Ash stroked her hair. He never checked out of the hotel, but he's gone. He isn't answering his phone. We'll find him. There was no way of being sure. Marianne knew that. It was just hollow reassurance, but it was a kind of gift. She took a deep breath and nodded. I thought we should start hunting at Matt's. Maybe he's there. John, I mean, where else would he be? He's too responsible to go fucking around. He's a good guy. He wouldn't... Just let me get dressed, my darling. Make sure you have the things we got from Nicky. Marianne nodded, returning to her blank stare. Maybe he was there. Yes. If the siren is involved, unless it had already... Come, 
us find our prey. Marianne rolled down the window as they drove, letting the damp air cool her face. Nothing was really helping in the fear department, but it felt good. Ash? Hmm? Is it always going to be this way? Are the people I love always going to be in danger? We'll do our best to keep them free of it. There must be other people who live as long as you. Other things. I do have friends here and there. But you're mostly alone, right? Ash considered. We travel together sometimes. I've seen relationships that span centuries. Others that drift apart, only to come together again as though no time passed at all. Some. Darklings? Hmm, yes. Some are packs, or families by nature. Vampires are not. Even though you started out human. Humans are social animals. There are some. An old smile touched her lips. Christopher would follow Lydia to the ends of the earth. Was that who... My mentors, my kind, do change a bit in our nature. Makes sense. Humans. It'll hurt you, won't it? Like those women in the painting. The women from Berlin. Ash didn't quite look at her. Sorry, I shouldn't have brought it up. They were in love. They made each other happy. Then they were gone, Ash said. It hurts, yes. And there's guilt. Many long-lived creatures forswear connections to humans because of it. But, my darling, humans are made to love. Hate. Hate is a sickness, perversion. Unfortunately, both survive the change. Some people live alone. Fair enough. All people? I don't know. But you? I could sort of distance myself? Move away? You could. That means I shouldn't. It's your choice, Marianne grunted. Ash smiled. It wasn't just the whales that made you happy. You're fond of John. And look what happened. Nothing yet. The car rumbled its way past Matt's condo. The windows were dark. We'll see if it's good news soon enough. Marianne nodded and bent down to tighten her boots. Ow! Fuck! We drank deep at the cup of life. It was the first time she mentioned it without guilt. Marianne raspberried and Lash laughed. A thick mist was laying close to the ground. Halos spun around the streetlights as they walked back to the house. Marianne wiped her eyes, focusing on the stones in the pavement, sparkling sharply ahead, to prove to herself that the whole world wasn't fuzzy. Droplets clung to the hedge and outlined the folds of lawn in silver. Her eyes clung to the place in the grass where the black mass had melted. All around it was a different color, tinting golden brown as a dead zone spread out from it. She crossed the stretch of green and nudged the brown bit with the toe of her boot. It wasn't a thin place. It was nothing. Less than nothing. Null space. Ash forced the side door open with a quick push. The house had a vacant feeling as they prowled through it. Check upstairs. Shouldn't we stay together? You can open doors to anywhere you want, and I'm reasonably strong. Oh, right. Ash's lips brushed her cheek. Try to find some sign. Marianne walked up the stairs. A low hum vibrated through the hall. She followed it to a bedroom-turned-office. 
It was covered with computer boxes and blinking equipment set neatly in place on wire shelves against the walls. Screens dominated the desk, with a fancy chair and keyboard and mouse. She looked over her shoulder. It sounded like Ash was still downstairs, and there was no other movement. She sat in the chair, feeling it swing with silent ease. It was really comfortable. There were binders and books shelved neatly above the desk. A quick exploration revealed computer gibberish. There were a few pictures of family and friends, and one of him with Bobo. A plaid doggy bed was right beside the desk. Her hand bumped the mouse, and the screens flickered to life. What the hell? One of the desktop wallpapers was her, face blotchy from the wind and hair a mess, staring vacantly into space. The seawall was visible in the corner, so it must have been a day when she was waiting for him and Bobo. It was a little fuzzy, like it had been taken from a distance. She got up quickly and pushed the chair in, not sure which of the tangling feelings was the right one. What the hell, she repeated at it, accusing the monitor instead of him. She looked out the window. A little patch of backyard seemed to belong to Bobo. There was a fancy doghouse and a covered patio with his food and water bowls. The chain-link gate swung free, and there was no Bobo to be seen. He's probably just at the sitter. She slipped outside. She'd been around big dogs before, and picked her way carefully along, afraid of stinking up her boots. Ash would never let her in the car. Matt kept the yard spotless, just like the rest of his house. She peered into the aluminum-sided doghouse. It was in better condition than the siding on her mom's trailer. Definitely smelled doggy. Definitely empty. She straightened up and let out an undignified scream. Matt made an indistinct shadow in the mist. She backed up a step, expecting him to say something. Go on the attack, seeing her in his yard. He shambled forward a couple steps. She saw him twitch and shudder. Matt! Hey! His shoulders jerked up like a marionette. She thought there was a flash of yellow, but it might have been a trick of the light and mist. He was close enough now that she could see the outline of his face. He stepped towards her. Something jangled in his hand. Mare. Marianne. His voice choked off. She frowned at the thing in his hand. It looked like... It wouldn't shut up. The disconnect between what he was saying and the expression on his face was like when sound didn't match the video in a movie. Matt, are you okay? His arm jerked. She could see the strain in his muscles. There was another metallic jangle. Gonna piss off the neighbors. His arm lifted. Might as well have been lifting weights. He tossed the dog collar at her feet. She stooped down and grabbed it. What did you do? What did you do to Bobo? He wouldn't shut up. Matt's voice was careless. When he turned his head, she saw the tears running down his face. Astrid. His head jerked. He spoke in the other language sharp and disparaging. Knock it off. You can understand. If Matt can, you can. Why are you here? Looking for John. For Bobo. For Matt. He cocked his head. I'm right here. You sound like the doppelganger, you know. I thought it was just evil. Or maybe it was that guy. But maybe it was such a bitch because of you. Still so afraid that you can't even say his name. She caught her hand reaching for her chest feeling the clogged pain of his touch. Instead, she grabbed the collar in both hands. Where's John? What did you do to him? What did you do to Bobo? 
Behind him, Marianne saw Ash's slow, silent progress. A faint glimmer pulsed beneath her skin. Did you come here looking for him? I'm a hunter. This is where the trail starts. Mare. The difference was there, stark enough if you were listening to it. Ragged, speaking through pain. Matt, you have to get rid of her. Can't. Can't get her out. Don't leave me like this. Please. Where did you take John? Please. His fist blurred, and she doubled over, falling on the lawn. Before she could draw a breath, he landed on her, pinning her down. Let's make a deal. You leave me alone, and John doesn't have anything to worry about. She wheezed. Matt sat up. You need to learn how to take a punch. He vanished. She saw he and Ash roll across the damp grass. Ash ended up on top. She lifted her arm. No, don't. Matt's still in there. The siren screamed, thrusting Ash off of Matt and getting up. Ash came to her feet, growling, face shifting into the creepy, hunting, not-quite-human one. The siren stood up. It looked so ready to fight that she was briefly worried about Ash. Mayor, please. The nickname made her flinch. Marianne, do it. She fumbled for the jam jar and twisted the lid off. The powder arced through the air, a good amount hitting him in the face. He coughed, staggering a few steps before collapsing to his knees. Is it enough? She pulled out the piece of paper, tilting it toward the distant glow of the streetlight. She had to get it right. The scream that tore from him couldn't have been made by Matt's poor human body. It rose, jittering like a marionette. She watched, horrified, words dying on her lips. Marianne, keep going. She looked down, expecting to have to find her place again. Shit. The fuck? The words she'd already spoken had vanished, leaving the paper pristine. All or nothing. She continued to recite the incantation. The creature growled and spat, sounding more like the siren that haunted them in hope. Light began to drip from Matt's eyes, pooling into a roughly human shape. You don't want to do this, Marianne. Her eyes flicked to Ash, who nodded for her to continue. It screamed, and Matt's body lurched back and forth, glowing inside. Will you kill them, Marianne? John and the others. Ash's hand covered her mouth, cutting off the incantation, asking questions for them both. What about him? What others? The light burned and snapped, making the shadows dance sharply. Maybe the pain paused too, because Matt's face was calm. The silence stretched on until the flashing images were etched into her brain. We've been very busy. I lost count of the men who heard my call. What did you do? Nothing yet. I'll continue to do nothing to them, as long as the pair of you leave me alone. A hand raked forward, sparks dancing down and vanishing. The remaining words on the page flared briefly. Marianne clung to her place, afraid the rest of the words would disappear. Let me out. You're lying, Ash said. Am I? We'll see. Even trapped in here, I hold them in the palm of my hand. I'll make sure that they die. Horribly. You'll be dead. If you could, I would already be so. It spun around, sparks dancing. Let me out, and I'll release them back to you. Don't move! A circle of flashlight pinned her and Ash in place. Varma held both light and gun on them. Shit. What's happening here? What are you doing to him? This is no business of yours. Ash's voice was low, full of that hexing strength. Put down your gun. Varma's hand trembled as she lowered the gun. 
The struggle to resist was clear on her face. The sirens screamed. Ice blasted toward Varma. Marianne flung her hand out. Door! The ice bent away, freezing the fence. The yellow paper burst into flames. Flakes of black crumbled between her fingers. The siren cackled and Matt screamed as it returned fully into him. Ash lunged for it. They tumbled across the lawn. Don't hurt him. She couldn't bring herself to shout it, but she couldn't take her eyes off the tangled forms. Matt flung Ash away, lifting her clear off her feet, and started to run. The gun went off. Matt didn't pause, and she breathed a sigh of relief. For a minute, it looked like he was going to run directly into the fence. Instead, he clambered up and over, light as a spider, vanishing into the mist. Holy shit. She looked at Varma quickly. The gun and the flashlight were both lowered. She stared at the fence and the mist beyond, jaw slack. There was a low growl. Ash was picking herself up, holding her side. Her eyes were fixed on Varma. Ash, are you... Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Marianne ran to her, reaching to stop her or support her. Either. Both. The smell of blood was heavy in the air. You shot her! Varma looked briefly confused, then horrified, then fascinated. What is it? It isn't human, is it? It's, it's all true. She's ash, you stupid bit. I'll be all right, my girl. Come, there's nothing left to do here. She was getting control over herself, enough that she looked almost normal. Blood had spread from the hole in her side, and she was favoring it, like a human would a twisted ankle. Marianne didn't think she was really necessary, but she tucked herself under Ash's arm. For support, though whose, she couldn't say. Wait, you can't just go. You shot her, Marianne snapped. None of this is your business. I'm an RCMP corporal, assigned to a task force investigating your actions. If it's anyone's business, it's mine. She holstered her service weapon and turned off the flashlight. You should be glad of it, too. No one else would be on your side. Marianne. Ash's voice was thinner. She needed to feed. With a wary eye on the cop, Marianne helped her walk past, leading her to the car. She pulled bags out of the cooler and Ash vanished into the shadows. A vampire, then. Would you just fuck off? Varma smirked, like she could guess her thoughts. Probably she could. Ash said that she didn't have a good poker face. I know you were in Prince George last summer. I know you were in Hope. You guys are into this up to your neck. Marianne crossed her arms, leaning against the car, willing the adrenaline to ease off. Be cool. Ash could whammy Varma whenever they needed to. So what? What's your deal, anyway? Just a cop. Right. There is a task force assigned to investigate what happened up north last year. I worked hard to get on that task force. I turned every file inside out and upside down, trying to figure out what really happened. Eventually, I found your name. I figured out that you were wrapped up in it. Gonna take me away and lock me up? I want to know. I want to help you. What? Fight evil. Bad things. You shot Ash. She looked pretty evil. I didn't realize it was the other guy. Marianne closed her eyes. He isn't evil either. Care to explain? She owes no explanation to you. Ash wiped some blood from her mouth and folded her used bags neatly into the cooler. Varma held up her hands. I'm sorry I shot you. Ash growled. A normal sort, though. Controlled and purposeful. Varma leaned back, but didn't entirely give way. Please, give me a chance. 
To what? I want to help. She held out her hands. You don't understand. I've searched all my life for evidence of things like this. Like you. Please don't cut me out. We don't know you. We owe you nothing. Ash looked past her. The police have been called. Marianne started to get into the car. I'll take care of it, Verma said. I got this. Let me prove myself. Why should we trust you? Varma pushed at her thick bangs, then again, her nervous gesture. I know enough about you to cause you trouble. You don't have it in you to threaten me, Ash said. Do you think I can't protect us from you? The way Ash spoke, Varma looked momentarily doubtful, and Marianne couldn't blame her. The sound of sirens grew louder. Marianne wondered how many eyes were watching from dark windows. I'll keep it to myself, not because you threaten me, but to prove myself. Marianne could see the lights of a police car reflecting against the trees. Ash. Prove yourself. Ash's voice took on its resonance. Varma nodded. Marianne couldn't tell if Ash needed it or not. Varma really sounded desperate. Marianne wanted to race away from the house and find Matt and find John and find out what happened to Bobo. Ash drove slowly, making room for the cop cars. Just another law-abiding citizen. What do we do now? We take care of our business. Will we have to run away? Go somewhere else? Let's be patient and see what this woman does. She looked out at the city lights flashing by. We'll find him. We'll find them both. Marianne nodded. I believe you. And while her faith was shaky, it was still there. 